0: If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live. Critically analyzing national affairs. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio TNT. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to State of the Nation on today's News Talk. I am Steve Hook broadcasting live from the snowy, blustery, cold, Central Jersey Shore, and there's my friend Brian, aka Hesher McLean. He's in cold Central Texas as we kick off another wonderful show of
1: State of the Nation. Hello, Hesher. How are you? I'm wonderful, Steve. It's great to be here with you on today's News Talk for State of the Nation. That's right. We've raised a whole 10 degrees from 20 to 30 out here in Central Texas.
0: Yeah, we're actually, believe it or not, we're a little warmer than that. We got about two and a half, three inches of snow uh, last night, and then this morning, it turned to rain. That's what tends to happen on the Jersey Shore. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll get a lot more snow before all is said and done. Well, Iowa, Iowa happened last night. Hesher and uh, yeah,
1: we have a decisive <laughs> victor. Yes, I think we do. I think your hat indicates <laughs> yeah, like what? what fifty-one points or something like that. 51 I mean, just points. He
0: can't wow. get this. He came within one vote. One vote of sweeping all 99 counties, Um, but an absolute, uh, just a thumping by Trump last night. So that was, it was interesting to watch. And it reminded me, just watching the news coverage, it was very reminiscent of the 2016 news coverage of election night. The media was just melting. They could not tolerate it. They couldn't stand it. Uh, Joy Reid on MSNBC said that, of course, Nikki Haley wasn't going to win because a brown woman can't win in Donald Trump's Republican America. This is the kind of crap that people are so sick of. It's such disingenuous BS. I don't even know. I know Joy Reid is a moron, but I don't know if she even believes half the crap that comes out of her mouth. But it was really something to watch. Um, I just wanted to touch on. Yesterday, it's not like we have a crystal ball here, uh, Ash. But yesterday we were talking about these electric vehicles and how they're everybody's pushing for EVs everywhere. You got to get off that that nasty fossil fuel. Save and the what do we? Yeah, save the planet for God's sake! Kill <laughs> yourselves, save the planet. Um, so yesterday we were talking. I'm going. You know, I don't know if I'd trust going out in one of those EVs when it's snowing and it's five or 10 or 15 degrees below zero. I just don't know if I'd be really all that confident uh, in the uh, in the survivability of running out of electricity uh, before I ran out of gas. Well, here's the story. Chicago area Tesla's charging stations lined with dead cars in the freezing cold. One witness said, oh, there's nothing but a bunch of dead robots out here. Uh, <laughs> uh desperate Tesla owners in and around the Chicago area were seen trying to charge their vehicles with no luck at all amid frigid temperatures that have gripped the Midwest I'm reading from fox.com by the way foxnews.com charging stations have essentially turned into car graveyards uh in recent days as temperatures have dropped into the negative double digits uh one guy Tyler Beard he's apparently a uh not very happy Tesla owner in the winter, I guess. He said nothing, no juice, zero, still on zero percent. Uh, Tyler Beard, who had been trying to recharge his Tesla at an Oak Brook, Illinois, Tesla supercharging station since Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, rather, uh, told the news outlet. And this is like three hours we've been here without being able to get uh, this is like three hours having been uh, be having been here. After having been here three hours yesterday, this is crazy. It's an utter disaster. Seriously. Uh, Apparently, (laughs) the cars were too cold to accept a charge and the stations were too cold uh, to give them a charge. So it's just kind of like, you know what, guys, let's just sit this one out and let the uh, humanoids die. And then we'll take over the planet, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I just think it's funny that we were just touching on that yesterday, Hesh. and, And here we see the idiocy of the green movement on full display. (laughs)
1: <laughs> One of our uh, chat room users just said, "Man, I could have had a V8." <laughs> Remember the yeah. old V8 commercials? Yeah, absolutely oh, man. That's if a great comment. Spend, it is. It's wonderful. If If you're gonna spend 70,000 or more on a car, wouldn't you like it to work when it's cold outside i mean if i was going to go spend 70 grand on a car um i'd be looking at entry-level corvettes or something like this and i'd be flying past all those teslas of the same price on my yeah. way home with my dinosaur juice i mean it's just so it's 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 so it's so
0: predictable and yet it it's it, it it's not going to stop them they don't give a rip it, it's just so funny I mean I would you couldn't you couldn't pay me to have an electric vehicle. You could not pay me to have one. If the government said, "You know what? Screw the tax incentives. We're just going to give you one." I'd say no thanks. You know, I mean pr- provided if they gave it to me for free, I might take it. But if they said, "Provided you give up your your gas-powered car," I'd say no, 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 keep it. I don't want it. Yeah. So, it's a cool car.
1: I- if it's a cool car if you have a normal car sitting next to it, you know. If you if you have the resources to pick and choose, you know. My sister has a Tesla. She loves it. But she works from home. She never has to go out when it's, you know, 10 degrees outside, negative five, anything like that. She doesn't go anywhere outside of, you know, maybe a hundred mile range or so like that from her home base. So, you You know, know. um, to each their own. But to try to force everybody into that situation. Nah, sorry. This is America. Yeah, that's right. And I have a feeling
0: the people of Iowa spoke pretty loudly Uh, last night on that and many other issues and that was one of the issues by the way that people were were railing against was the cost of energy and uh you know teslas aren't gonna aren't gonna cheapen that up uh but anyway and i i mentioned jb pricks jb pritzker jb pritzker man i he is he reminds me of one of those old Union thug bosses that you would see in the movie. Just, just a loudmouth cigar chomp. And hey, I, you kids, get, you know, that kind of guy. And that's who he is. Democrat Illinois Governor uh, J.B. Pritzker is claiming that Donald Trump's performance in the Iowa caucuses actually shows the weakness of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Pritzker, he's of course a Biden campaign surrogate. He made the remark on MSNBC. Uh, Monday night, as uh, the votes were still being tallied, Trump ended up winning the contest by a large margin, capturing 51.01% of the votes, followed by DeSantis with 21% of the votes, so by a 30-vote margin or a uh, 30-percentage-point margin. Trump just trounced them. Nikki Haley came in at 19 and Vivek came in at seven, almost eight, 7.7, something like that. And he immediately bowed out and said, look, yep. let's all get behind Trump. And, uh, I don't know, but I just think JB Pritzker is whistling past the graveyard at this point. I mean, you've got to be out of your mind to think that the most historic win, uh, in caucus history is a sign of weakness, <laughs> but what else are you going to say? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, the only thing that doesn't fit about that Pritzker analogy you use there is uh, in those movies, that mob boss, his brother wouldn't be wearing a dress. That's a (laughs) good point. (laughs) Hey, by the
0: way, if you missed your favorite TNT show or interview, simply listen back whenever you want, wherever you want. It's very simple. Just visit the episodes page on the TNT website. Uh, We're also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbeam, iHeart, and TuneIn. In other words, you can find us. Now there's no reason at all to miss anything that's going on on TNT. Russia,
2: gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
0: Okay, well, the state of Washington has filed a lawsuit seeking to block a proposed 25 billion dollar merger between two of America's largest grocery chains, Kroger and Albertsons, over fears that a new entity would lead to job losses, increased prices for consumers, and reduced competition in the market. Here with the story, TNT Radio news producer Adam Clark aka Ruckus Ruckus. Okay, uh What's going on, man?
3: They don't like it. uh, Well, Kroger and Albertsons are the two biggest uh, supermarket chains in the state of Washington. And nationwide, they're the second and the fourth largest supermarket operators. Uh, They currently have over 700,000 employees uh, spread across nearly 5,000 stores across 49 states. Um, In a statement on January 15th, Washington's Uh, Attorney General Bob Ferguson, who filed the lawsuit, said the merger would create a near monopoly for the company in his state, Washington. In addition, he believes selling so many stores to Kroger, primarily a wholesale supplier, could set up many of the divested supermarkets to fail, endangering Washington jobs and further diminishing choices for Washington shoppers, Mr. Ferguson said, quote, the merger is bad for Washington shoppers and workers. Free enterprise is built on companies competing, and that competition benefits consumers. He added, quote, shoppers will have fewer choices and less competition. And without a competitive marketplace, they will pay higher prices at the grocery store. That's not right. And this lawsuit seeks to stop this harmful merger, end quote. Uh, apparently, Kroger and Albertsons have proposed to address potential concerns around the merger by selling off more than 100 stores in Washington. Mr. Ferguson rejected the idea, saying it would do nothing to prevent the company from having a near monopoly in the state. Um, so apparently, this lawsuit, uh, which was filed uh, yesterday, January 15th, in the King County Superior Court is not limited to just trying to stop them in Washington. It seeks to block the merger of Kroger and Albertsons nationwide. According to court documents, part of Mr. Ferguson's legal argument against the merger rests on the Washington state constitution, which he says expressly outlaws monopolies and trusts. The court documents say, quote, transactions may that may substantially lessen competition or tend to create a monopoly in any line of commerce are so injurious to the public interest that the legislature has expressly declared them unlawful in the Washington Consumer Protection Act, end quote. Uh, Mr. Ferguson's lawsuit asks the court to declare the merger, violates Washington antitrust law and to issue an injunction permanently blocking the merger nationwide so uh yeah so he's trying to stop this from happening uh not just in his state but all across the country i believe that the two uh grocers kroger and ellersons have vowed to defend the proposed merger in court in court and in a joint media statement the grocery giants said the merger would be quote the best outcome for washington consumers and they said quote we are disappointed in attorney general ferguson's premature decision to file a lawsuit while the merger is still under regulatory review they argue that quote blocking this merger would only serve to strengthen larger non-unionized retailers like walmart costco and amazon by allowing them to maintain and increase their overwhelming and growing dominance of the grocery industry, end quote. So it appears, gentlemen, we have an argument about whose monopoly is the the worst of the two evils. What do you think?
0: (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, I'm not down with monopolies, but uh, you just said they're the third and fourth largest. I don't know how it would be a monopoly. But beyond that, I mean, them saying, oh, this is going to end employment. I got news for you. Their push for green energy, their push for all of this stuff uh, is what's going to end employment i mean you know i mean i don't know how many at my i go to a, my, my grocery store of choice around here is a is a stop and shop it's called and uh and there might be three live registers there and the rest like 15 or 20 are scan your own bag your own groceries so this is uh, a change is coming whether these guys merger or not i suspect other than
1: that i don't live in washington
0: i don't much give a rip what do you think uh i mean if i'm honest what do you think cash
1: Well, um, you know, it could be worse. It could be a uh, mainstream media. It could be the American mainstream media. What if it was only owned by four or five companies? Oh, wait, it is. Oh, (laughs) no, no one ever seems to want to break that one up. Uh, That one has been being used. You know, it's basically a cybernetic feedback loop at this point between the mass media cartel and the social media cartels uh, to skull plug everybody uh, to install identity politics in everybody to install racism and gender issues in everybody. So, you know, um, yeah, I don't want to see grocery stores descend into something as horrific as our mainstream media has. Um, but it's on its way, you know, uh, pretty soon we'll have, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe like, uh, you know, Disney will take over Lahaina, right. Or, or maybe meta or alphabet, Or Amazon. What if Amazon owned our food? Oh, wait, they kind of do. Jeff Bezos bought Whole Foods. Um, Jeff Bezos owns what the what the WAPO, the dreaded WAPO. So, you know, um, (laughs) this whole picking and this is sort of a, a interstate issue, too. So it's a national issue. Last year, a private lawsuit filed in California sought to block this merger as well. And that was filed on behalf of 25 consumers in states, including California, Texas, and Florida, who alleged the merger will be used to increase prices for groceries, decrease the quality of food, eliminate jobs, close stores, and offer less choice for consumers. My goodness, it does sound a lot like our mainstream media options, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it really does. And not only that, they say, oh, they're going to close stores and all that. These hard, these very soft on crime Democrat politicians have watched stores and different businesses flee from their from city blue city after blue city, and now they're saying, "Oh, these big corporations are going to close stores when it's their policies to do it." More than anything, I, uh, you know, I, 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 up here in the Northeast, we don't have Kroger or Albertsons. We have Shoprite and uh, and and Stop and Shop, as I mentioned before. But Kroger's a damn good grocery store. I just, uh, I would like they, I, I would be very curious to find out what the politics of these two CEOs from Albertson and Kroger are. I'd wager they're not hard progressives because I bet there wouldn't be such a fight if they if they were. But maybe I
1: just read politics into everything. But that just seems to be, you know, the way it goes these days. Well, it's hard to detangle the politics from everything at this point. Things that should clearly not be political are political i mean look at our covidian experience and what healthcare has turned into in the last four years uh yeah so i don't know ruckus uh anything further on this one
3: uh yeah i'm just anti-monopoly as well i'm a big fan of freedom of choice so uh i don't know we shall see what this end result is out of all of this um yeah yeah
4: i
0: think we're pretty much all on the same page
3: yeah, I, I'm not, so. not
0: pro monopoly either. I, I, it's not that I'm. It's not that I'm pro monopoly. I'm not, but I just don't trust the politicians who are telling me, giving me the reasons. Uh, that's my problem. I just I, I don't know who to trust
1: more, Albertson and Kroger, or these uh, Democrat politicians. Yeah, and the government comes in and supports monopolies wherever it benefits them. That's why one of the topics here is unionized work versus not unionized work, and another topic in here is a wholesaler one of these grocery stores kroger in particular is a wholesaler so the fact that that entity is a wholesale uh, entity um, means they really can set the market prices and disrupt any sort of you know fair market competition that might be happening so yeah i I can definitely see why some people are upset about this and you know it also mentioned the non-unionized retailers the overwhelming and growing dominance of places like Sam's Club, Costco, et cetera. Um, and we saw the way they treated their employees and their customers. Costco, I'm talking to you specifically, during COVID, uh, Vax mandates and requirements, all this crazy stuff. Uh, we We had friends and listeners who were employees at Costco that gave us the inside track, what was going on there in 2020 and 2021. And it is not good it's not a good setup in there so uh it does push these um non-unionized sort of uh, mega wholesalers into further prominence also and leaves less options for brick and mortars and mom and pops so i don't know what are you gonna do uh we'll keep an eye on it thanks for bringing us this report ruckus you're watching state of the nation on today's news talk tnt's timothy shea the race is essentially now vivek ramaswamy
2: and Nikki Haley. Ron disappoints this will be pulling his hat from the ring. Next. And the issue, as always, is why is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She credits Hillary Clinton with inspiring her to enter politics having attended a women's leadership summit at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said And I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See Nikki has no core beliefs, other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters
5: want her to say." The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not far right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk
0: You
1: are
5: about to hear today's news talk and the
2: voice of freedom.
1: That's what this country is all about.
0: TNT radio. All right. Welcome back to state of the nation. And I want to introduce uh, you Hesh, and the audience, uh, to a fellow that I met last week. His name is Tim Hale. Tim is a 33 year old army reserve, uh, veteran. He was recently released from jail after spending nearly three years incarcerated, for a nonviolent offenses on January 6th. So we have a real J Sixer here. Now, Tim is finally ready to break his silence and talk about the experience. He spent 12 years as an Army reservist before uh January 6th. He was then charged with obstruction of an official proceeding, which is such a bogus charge. Now, that's his only felony charge. Nonetheless, it got him almost three years in jail. Uh, and it's, this is part of the, uh, 1512 C2, which is being reviewed by SCOTUS and if overturned, Tim will be completely exonerated and the felony uh, charge will be expunged from his record again after three years in jail, he's now out and he's with us today on state of the nation. Um, Tim, Hey brother, it's, uh, it's great to see you and uh, thank you for joining us today, man. How are you today?
2: I'm uh, not too bad. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. We just had some snow here, so it's a little chilly, but I like the cold, so I was good in the hood.
0: Thank there you, you go. Yeah. I know you're, you're, you're relatively close to me. So yeah, we're dealing with it as well. Now, Tim, we met last week, uh, at the, uh, Patriot Freedom Project, uh, event that went down in, 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 on the Jersey shore. Why don't you give us your story? Because you readily admitted to me, look, man, I'm an Internet troll. I get on sites and I and I antagonize people, you know, do troll stuff. That's a lot of people do. Hell, I've done it myself. But that's not what got you in the pokey. It was you showing up on Capitol Hill. Give us your story. Uh, we have lost him. Wow. Well, we'll try and get him back, but. Right at the we'll crucial
1: tr- moment, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, right right, when we throw to him, right when I toss it to him, his uh, <laughs> his phone dies. Whatever. Maybe he's in a Tesla. I don't know. At any <laughs> rate. Right, um.
1: Can you imagine, Steve, maybe you can tell me this while, while our studio reconnects him. Um, so was that whole three years just waiting for trial procedures and stuff, or was there an actual conviction that he's now finished? serving time for
0: well he's he's done i think if if memory serves he's still kind of on parole not parole on probation and so he you know he's got to fly right straighten up and fly right and and tim told me flat out when i met him and he's an incredibly nice guy looks like he could be your brother hesher he's got a long beard and a long you know stash and all that but uh he said he 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 readily admitted he goes look there he is Um, Tim, why don't you, while you do have a signal, why don't you tell us what happened to you, how you got arrested, uh, and, and how you were treated?
2: Sure. Um, well, basically I walked inside the Capitol building. We can get back to that. But, um, my roommate of three years wore a wire to entrap me for NCIS. I ended up transferred to the DC jail uh, in solitary confinement for approximately a year. Uh, but even the broader problems included, you know, lack of proper medical care, lack of religious services, no access to lawyers, no access to evidence or discovery. Um, and eventually, I mean, they kicked, they kicked my trial down the road for up to like 16 months. So I couldn't even get a haircut for 16 months. I had hair down the back of my neck. It looked like a caveman. Um mm. And unfortunately, I mean they do this, they do this, they do this to a lot of different people, you know. It's it's not not a good thing to be denied due process.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, isn't that a violation of your civil rights there? I mean, don't you don't all Americans aren't we supposed to have access to fair and speedy trials and representation and humane treatment while incarcerated? You would think that, but it's like that whole Bill of Rights thing, it's like they kind
2: of just you know, drop that in uh, a toilet. You know, the um, I was, I mean, let's keep keep in mind, I was denied bond for nothing that had nothing to do with my actual conduct at the cap over first, Jeez. you know, after, over First Amendment protected speech. Um, the acts, yeah, and then of course their lack of religious services. That's also a First Amendment violation. Lack of due process. That's a Fifth Amendment violation. It's actually because of the way. You know, the 14th Amendment is, that's also due process for the 14th Amendment because of equal protection. We were treated differently than other defendants and inmates in the D.C. jail because we were January 6th defendants. Uh, I mean, you had the first, I mean, think, think any amendment, throw a dart at the wall, you'll you'll hit something. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's really what it was because they went with the insurrection narrative. I safety measures they could hide behind. They could get away with doing anything they wanted. And you know I'm not uh I'm not trying to be such a, a a cynic that you know I'll scare people but no matter what you think about January 6th that this is a horrible legal precedent that they can now do to pretty much anybody you know this is they're going to be coming for everybody next you know they yeah. got away with it this time I think we're starting to wake up but it's you know it's, it's I hope it's not too late you know it's just 3 years and now people are just kind of figuring it out I'm glad they're figuring it out a little, but, you know, the narratives about January 6th and not just me with my mustache, you know, in general, everything, these narratives have all been lies. They've been veils to hide the truth from the public so that they would go along with anything. So, wow. Well, it, it's I'll unfortunate, tell you, what,
0: you know, Tim, if anybody has a right to be a cynic, uh, it's you. I mean, uh, it's you, you have, you've, you've, You've spent three years thinking about it. I'd be cynical and mad as hell. Uh, And yet we're told by not just Biden and his apparatchiks and his regime, uh, but also by the mainstream media that you are a treasonous insurrectionist. You are lucky you weren't strung up by your neck and hung till dead. That's the way they're talking about these J6 defendants. While While on the other side of their mouth, they're saying Trump, by the way, is Hitler. Trump is a dictator. You will lose the democracy if Trump wins. And yet it doesn't sound like you had a whole hell of a lot of uh, uh, d- democracy while you were sitting in the pokey for three years.
2: <laughs> you know, the, the biggest irony to me, and this is just like, a you know, some worthless observation of mine. They kept talking about the peaceful transfer of power, but I mean, after January sixth, they put the National Guard in the Capitol, and they—that was the military occupation for months, and nobody even cares about the precedent that sets for democracy. That was just weird to me. Everybody, you know, everybody, everybody sacrifices freedom for security. Meanwhile, they're blaming the guy who went to the Capitol in a suit and insurrection. Like the insurrection looks like the guys with all the—you know—the automatic weapons, the the wire fence
1: yeah you know
2: yeah. i don't yeah. want to be controversial
1: no no we i i get it tim I, I absolutely get it now um tim we're gonna let you go in a moment here we're gonna reschedule you want to bring you back on when you've got a, a good connection good video feed and all that but you know um take us out with something i mean tell us your thoughts on the political prisoner aspect i mean you've been one let's just face it that's exactly what you were all of your civil rights were violated. Um, so, give us a final thought, and we'll reschedule you to come back and tell the the larger story next time.
2: Absolutely. You know, it's it like it's like I've been saying. You know, it's uh, it's bittersweet that I. You know, I'm glad that I'm, home, but the men still are not. I met a lot of decent, you know, humble people when I was in the jail. There were Antifa. There were all kinds of, you know, there were bad actors in there. But, you know, most of the people I met were veterans. They were blue collar workers. They were decent, humble Americans that nobody hears the name. And so you got, you know, Pete Schwartz. He got 14 years. He's a traveling welder. You know, Um, you have Jessica Watkins, one of the Oath Keepers. She got eight years. You know oh, Ken Harrelson, he's another one of the oath keepers. He's getting out soon, but he he also got four years. You got Tom Webster. He you know he was a, a Marine Corvette. He was an NYPD officer. He fought a cop in self defense, and they had the evidence back, so he couldn't even defend himself in court. He got ten years. You know, it, I mean, I got off lucky with a four year sentence, especially because Trump, you know, did the FEP Act. I was able to get out in three years. You know, but I mean, not everybody's so lucky, and and so just you know you mentioned project the event that we I encourage people to, go to freedomproject.com and, and you know, try to help the family but
0: yeah Tim you know, what, know what you're what kind of breaking
2: do it only you're, besides you're, awareness
0: yeah. Well, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to get you back on here where we can get you with a very strong connection. We can actually see you and we're going to make that happen because you're right. It needs to get out there. The website kind of cut out when you were saying it. it is the patriotfreedomproject.com patriotfreedomproject.com. Tim, one question before you leave real quick. Why the hell would your roommate drop a dime on you like that? Did they have something on your
2: roommate? Uh, you know, People keep trying to get me to like disavow my roommate, and he did. You know, he testified against me. It's kind of hard to overlook that. But you know, I just I know the things that he said about me. He didn't actually believe. I lived with him for three. So they
0: put pressure on him. He was. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to have to let it go
2: there. Racial yeah. respect. He was Jamaican. I'm obviously not. It's we. It's weird for a white supremacist to live with a Jamaican guy for three years. It's a little weird. I think that they had stuff on. I, look, I think that they were threatening him because his Navy contract was about to end, you know, we both lived on a Navy base. His contract was over mine. Wasn't. And I think they had leverage on him. That's my opinion.
0: All right, Tim Hale, listen, brother, we're so happy you're out. I thank you for joining us today. I'm, I'm, I'm only too sorry that we had a crap connection that might have a weather related issue going on there. I don't know. We're going to get you back when we can get you on camera as well. Uh, And we definitely look forward to hearing your entire story. Where we can get a positive, uh, a positive link to you. Uh, Tim, take care of yourself, brother. We're so happy you're out. PatriotFreedomProject.com. PatriotFreedomProject.com. You're watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. De weaponizing weather with reality and perspective.
5: I can tolerate another person's opinion if it's not a lie. You now, people say, well, that's just my opinion. But if your opinion is based on non fact, What is that? I really believe we have nothing but evil that is pushing this climate change situation. The ultimate evil statement I've seen in this phony climate war came out from Reuters and the Biden administration, claiming that the massacre of 200 Christians on Christmas Day, for goodness sakes, had to do with climate change. Now, does anybody seriously believe that? Well, apparently a lot of these people do. We have had to deal with this for many years. John Kerry blamed the rise of Boko Haram on drought in Nigeria. Nigeria's rainfall has been above normal the last 25 years it's similar to what happened in the 1950s let's see was Boko Haran in the 1950s was there the massacre of 200 Christians on Christmas Day in the 1950s yet it was raining more in the 1950s what kind of evil is that and I'll tell you something it's across the board I don't care if it's climate I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care if it's a January 6th insurrection. This is worthy of Germany in the 1930s, the old Soviet Union, and China. What is amazing about it is the country that actually took the stand against that is now using those techniques on people that wish to keep the country the way it was founded. And they're using climate. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist, Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got.
3: I tell my son, I love you every single day. I love you. And my dad has never said that to me, not because he doesn't love me, but because culturally it wasn't comfortable for him. Now that he's a grandfather, he says, I love you to my son every time he sees him. My advice to all the fathers out there, forget the cultural restrictions.
4: They grow up way too fast for you to waste even a single precious moment.
0: Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McClain. Today's News Talk,
1: TNT Radio. All right, on social media platforms, in particular the Gigantor ones, the ones owned by Alphabet and Meta Corporations, which include all Google services, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as Twitter 1.0, under the former ownership, visibility, filtering, and censorship became the norm. We were censored for talking about Trump, for talking about the 2020 election, for speaking about the COVID protocols, the nature of its origins, Hunter Biden's laptop, Russia Gate, vaccine safety and efficacy, mRNA shots, and even commentary on the culture wars censored visibility filtered de-platformed demonetized brigaded against bot attacks doxings character assassinations debanking and in some extreme cases complete depersoning from society many users are still under these visibility filtering algorithms and are not having the same experience on social media platforms that others are having joining us now to discuss is chief policy officer from bit and former cpo of parlor Amy Peekoff. Amy, welcome back to State of the Nation. Help me understand how it is that I have 2,000 followers on X Twitter, yet when I post material, I only get two views.
4: Um, I think that is happening to our own BitChute account, by the way. Thank you for having me back, Brian and, and Steve. Um, if you guys hear anything, it's this poor cat Um, I don't know if you hear that through the microphone or not, but we've had a freeze here in Texas and she is desperate to stay warm. You know, you can only keep it so warm in a Texas house when it's, you know, freezing outside all the time. Anyway, no. So, you know, I think that there's still a lot of throttling done on X, formerly known as Twitter. Some of it, I think, is done for fairly understandable business reasons because, they are trying to monetize their platform in various ways. And so, for example, if you share a link to an article or a video that's off platform, it might get deboosted on X. So I think some of that's going on. I think also there's a lot of old code hanging around that they haven't gotten rid of, for which some of us will be deboosted because we talked about those prohibited subjects that you listed in the intro there. So I think that there's a combination of factors going on that might result in that. You're actually having that experience where you have 2,000 followers and you get almost zero views for something that you post. Is yeah, it something yeah. that there's a link going off platform for?
1: Oftentimes, but it really doesn't seem to matter what I post. I mean, this started happening to me back in, um, I would say, the fall of 2017. And, uh, you know, I I was posting a lot of st- anything that I thought was interesting, as well as my own shows. And um, all of a sudden, it was like all of a sudden, it just dropped off, like overnight. It happened pretty much um, in tandem with uh, the, the Google Adpocalypse
4: Yeah, no, and and I think, again, some of the reasons that these platforms do it are very business oriented. And some of the reasons have to do with content that they were either, you know, themselves philosophically, again, Twitter 1.0, philosophically, was opposed to allowing free and open discussion of some of these topics. But at the same time that, you know, we know through the Twitter files and through the Missouri versus Biden materials, that there were a lot of topics that the government was nudging them to throttle, to de-boost, to maybe outright ban off of their platforms. Right now, I think that what is going on on X is particularly disturbing. And I've I've written an article about this. We have this little section of the BitChute website called BlogChute. And I think the title that I came up with was, um, but for the grace of Yaccarino, go I. And I talk about the awful prospects for free expression on the X platform. And part of what they're doing is they're throttling what they call lawful, but awful speech. And they say that while you are free to say anything pretty much and whereas bit shoot links actually used to not be allowed on X at all, they are allowed to be posted. They just don't get a lot of reach. So they have freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. And none of us really understands what's behind that algorithm. And in a way I, I look at it as a form of gaslighting where you think that you're putting your stuff out in the world and maybe just people don't like it. Maybe it doesn't appeal to them. And that's really not the case because you're not allowed to have whatever reach your material might organically earn. Instead, the reach is being determined by an algorithm, and we don't even know the way that it operates. So it's sort of like funhouse mirrors and all kinds of weird distortions and things going on. And I do think it it messes with people's brains because their goal is to just put their material out there. And if it's of a value to people, then they're going to share it. They're going to engage with it. And yet none of that is happening on any of the platforms that you mentioned earlier. Parler, of course, used to just have a chronological feed and, you know, you would get the views that you earned. But I I swear that when this morning I was putting out a BitChute release about this new series, this new video series that we've just launched, that when I went and looked through my personal account to see if it would show up in my following feed, which, you know, I follow BitChute, of course, is one of the accounts that I follow personally, it wasn't there. And hmm. those are the sorts of things that I think are happening on the X platform. And again, we don't know the logic behind it at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so I wonder, Amy, it's, it's so great to see you again. Um, I'm wondering if uh, you notice this with like conservative outlets and conservative networks that might be, well, TNT is a perfect example. So in other words, uh, maybe Elon, and I don't say maybe, let me re- re- rephrase that. Elon Musk has done a lot for for free speech on what used to be Twitter. There's no question. But I would wager that there's probably some holdovers that are still there though not many. He cleaned house pretty good. But you're saying maybe it's the algorithms that were left behind that are looking at something and saying, "Uh-oh, TNT, that's conservative. Boom, we're going to bump them down. Boom, we're going to we're going to shadow ban them." Um and it could be being done automated? Is that what you're saying?
4: Yeah, I think some things are still being done, and they haven't been addressed. I do feel that there have been obviously certain accounts that have been allowed back on. So for example, Alex Jones was allowed back on, if you remember. And that was after there was the opinion poll. He didn't run the opinion poll about Alex Jones until he was prepared to actually allow him back on anyway. But... Very soon after he was allowed back on, Jones told me when I was on his show that he was perceiving that he w- he got throttled pretty quickly. So I, I think that there's some of these things that are done almost as token concessions to free expression, or it's people that Musk himself personally wants to see back on or, or getting boosted in certain ways but it's not across the board by any stretch of the imagination. And I think we've talked previously about my own personal experience with accounts that I follow, not even showing up, like I said, in my feed. I think I saw that example today myself with the BitChute account, but I'm also not getting notifications of accounts that I follow who have bought the premium check mark and who are replying to material that I've put on X and I still wouldn't get a notification about it. So there's a lot of interesting things going on in that algorithm. We'll say interesting. That's a non-committal word, but I, I think that they're they're not great things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. I, I tend to want to use the word malevolent, but you know, I'm not a platform <laughs> owner in that <laughs> scale at least. But you know, um, we're looking at this worldwide this is you know the world wide web we used to call it that at least and now we've got um the irish government seeking to curb quote-unquote hate speech through legislation um called the criminal justice uh incitement to violence or hatred and hate offenses bill of 2022 uh and in the light of what's happened in ireland recently uh we have the online safety and media regulation act signed into law uh, that's, uh, the 22 one. And then we also have the EU signature piece of social media regulation known as the digital services act or the DSA. There's also Canada's, uh, bill, uh, Charlie 18 or the online news act and Australia's news media and digital platforms, mandatory bargaining codes. These things all have me very concerned when I read the text in within them. Um, it really starts to muddy the waters as far as like what is hate speech. What happens when one country calls it one thing, another country calls it another thing, and and how does this affect? I will use TNT as the uh, as the example again here uh, under Australia's news media and digital platform uh, mandatory bargaining code, for example. I mean, can what's at stake here with these things are we are we under threat of losing freedom of speech or freedom of speech in across international waters i mean how do you see the rubber meeting the road here
4: You know, when sometimes it sounds like it's going to be some good deal for a news outlet to have some of these regulations, you know, some outlets, I guess, were complaining that they weren't compensated properly when their material was shared, for example, on Facebook. And as I understand Canada's regime, what they're actually trying to do is they're trying to give some compensation to the news providing outlets etc so i was joking you know maybe now bitshoot is going to get some sort of compensation from canada given that we are ending up having our links blocked to canadians on facebook if somebody tries to share a link to a bitshoot video on facebook canadians can't see it at all and so i'm thinking well you know are we now going to get compensated as some sort of a news providing outlet because our links are being blocked under this regime it is a mess right and you know one downside of the free and open internet was that sometimes it was easy to violate the copyright or other intellectual property interest of certain content providers via the internet but now when they are locking everything down you might think, oh, perhaps their intellectual property rights are being more respected, but certainly the rights to free expression have been clamped down on considerably. And when you have those subjective or even non-definitions of the terms hate speech, and then you say that there are going to be criminal penalties to the possession or posting of hate speech as with the Irish law, that's when things get really scary.
0: You know, Amy, the thing that's scary to me is that, um, you know, we used to refer to the internet as kind of the wild, wild west of free speech. You could say pretty much anything. It's not regulated, covered under Section 230 and all that. And the irony here is that with zero regulation, there seems to be a whole hell of a lot more regulating going on. Um, We may not have a lot of regulation on the internet, but there are a lot of people, and it's a concerted effort to shut people up that they don't want to hear from. How can you say that it's free and open exchange of ideas and it's and it's it's not regulated and it's 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 covered by Section 230 uh, by the U.S. uh, Congress and then a certain few people that say things that a certain few other people don't like. They're the only ones that get shut down. My Twitter of, of, of my Twitter feed back in the pre Elon days was completely removed. And in four years, I may have tweeted 40 things, Ops, And I never tweeted anything that was inflammatory. But in my bio tagline, it said, hashtag stop the steal. Within a week that I put that up, my account wow. was gone. Within a week, it was gone. Wow. And it never came back. Wow. They all, oh, you can write and let us know. And I wrote and let them know. And boy, I let them have it. And I said, ah, we reviewed it. You're gone. I mean, so.
4: And you still you know, haven't they- gotten that account back?
0: No, well, I've just, no, it, it was, it was disappeared into the, into the ether. So I just opened up a new account, but I've got less than a, 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 a fourth of the followers that I used to have. And frankly, if I'm honest. I'm kind of, I'm not real, uh, I'm not Twitter strong, I'm Facebook strong, and that's that has its own set of problems. But the point is, is even though we don't have this regulation that you have on so many other, like the FCC isn't involved, it seems to be the most regulated when it comes to speech of any of the platforms. I can say what I want to on TNT with you, Amy, and Hesher, and but if I try and say it on, on some other platforms, I'm probably going to get banned, even though it's supposed to be a free and open trade. I just don't. I just I just don't see how 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 people can say that anymore.
4: No, and I mean there is actual regulation in pretty much every other country now except the United States. And as you've seen here in the United States, certain states are getting in on the game of trying to regulate what can be said. Or in the case of Texas and Florida, they want to tell the businesses how to run their businesses as well, but they think from the opposite perspective, they think, oh, well, we're going to tell you what you can or cannot prohibit from the platforms. But you know, there's there's two different questions here. One is the extent to which government is playing a role in determining what can or can't be said online. And then the second is, to what extent are the private platforms themselves making these decisions to allow or not allow certain types of content? And I think both of the things have been going on. And part of the problem, of course, is disentangling these. One of the things that I had been excited about Vivek Ramaswamy's candidacy, which is now over, um, I had been excited that he understood the difference. So when Mike Bensford example, was pressing him, what would you do about this censorship online issue? He was very careful to talk about that he would disentangle when government had been involved in that versus yeah. merely the private platforms making their own decisions. These days, it's very difficult to determine the difference. And in fact, you know, you talk about FCC and all those things, Ayn Rand foreshadowed this in the 1960s. Uh, there was an essay that she wrote called Have Gun, Will Nudge. And she talked about the situation when the you know she would uh, maybe the government would go to a television series producer and say, "I do or don't do this, like yeah. this particular okay. actor." Or this I'm coming, particular I'm topic. coming
0: up. I'm coming up against a, a hard break sure. here. Listen, Amy, thank you so much. Bitshoot.com, check it out. Uh, Amy Peacock, as always, thank you. We look forward to hearing from you again on State of the Nation. Have a wonderful day.
4: Okay,
3: great.
0: All uh, right, you're watching State of the Nation. We will return on today's News Talk TNT.